Sunshine is a movie everyone dies. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to I Want You to Watch This, yet another episode. I am with my two co-hosts as always. Oh, I am Dennis, and I am with my two co-hosts as always, Colin and Craig. How are you both? It's bright and sunny. Bright and sunny. <laughs> I'm so sunny, bright. but not bright. Oh, oh well, yeah. you're never bright. You're a dim. <laughs> this is true. I I am a dim-witted individual. <laughs> you are the dim bulb of the group. <laughs> uh, well, if our intro song uh, tells you anything, we are reviewing the 2007 Danny Boyle sci-fi uh, movie Sunshine, starring Cillian Murphy. Killian, Cillian, Jillian. I think it's Cillian. Cillian. I think it's Killian. Is I Killian? think it's Killian. Okay, that sounds the most Irish yeah. uh, version, and he is an Irish man. Uh, a, a beautiful man that <laughs> can be mistaken as June Diane Rayfield. I was about to say, there's <laughs> a striking resemblance to June Diane Rayfield. Is, I don't know who that is. Um, she's on Grey and, Grey, Grace and Frankie. Grace and Frankie. Yeah. She's uh, on Flight of the Concords. Co-host on... of How Did This Get Made, our favorite podcast. Yeah. Okay, okay. Google her. She's pretty fantastic. She party. She just uh, wrote a book about uh, women running in politics, too, as well. Oh, yeah. excellent. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, that woman's voice, uh, <laughs> you might you, you might remember uh, from, uh, I forget what episode number, I think it's like eight, I want to say. Um, White Squall. White Squall. White Squall. Everyone also dies in that movie. Julie, everybody. Hi, it's good to be back. Yeah, this Our is first a- Ridley Scott movie. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. It is our first Ridley Scott was White Squall. Um, but Julie recommended uh, this movie Sunshine to us on uh, the podcast White Squall because that movie also had Killian Murphy in it. And no, it didn't. It didn't? No. <laughs> no. Then I just made all that up. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> did that come up? Because Killian Murphy's in it. He's not. And then we, it came and up then because we of like, poorly named ships, maybe? Yeah. Yes, it was because yeah, it was the albatross, and this one is the Icarus. The Icarus in sunshine is the worst worst name ship. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, take it away from me, Julie. Uh, I'm rambling enough. Uh, And please introduce this uh, movie to us. Okay. Well, as you mentioned, yes, Sunshine was released in 2007, directed by Oscar-winning director (laughs) Danny Boyle of Train Spotting, Slumdog Millionaire, uh, 20 Days Later fame. Uh, speaking of 20 Days Later, he collaborated with Alex Garland, who wrote this movie on 20 Days Later as well. And Killian Murphy. And Killian Murphy, yes. Yeah. He is in that movie. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, this movie is about the sun dying. Uh, seven years ago, a manned spaceship with a stellar bomb called the Icarus uh, went to try to blow up the sun and create a new star. We'll talk about the science later. <laughs> um, <laughs> It failed due to reasons unknown, so a new crew on a new ship called the Icarus 2 just try to do the same exact thing. New bomb. It's their final attempt, though, because all of Earth's materials have basically been mined to make this giant stellar bomb. Uh, as we mentioned, Killian Murphy stars as Robert Kappa, the physicist. Michelle Yeoh stars as Corazon, the botanist. Troy Garrity stars as Harvey, the communications officer. Rose Byrne is Cassie, the pilot. Uh, Hiroyuki Sanada as Kaneda, the captain. Benedict Wong as the navigator. Uh, Chris Evans as the agro engineer. Oh, I forgot their names. Chris Evans is called Mace. Uh, the navigator's name is Trey. Um, and Cliff Curtis is Searle, the doctor and psych officer. And then Mark Strong is Pinbacker, the captain of the Icarus One. Um, so on their way to the sun, Harvey hears a distress signal and they realize it's from the Icarus one. So after some heated debate, they decide to deviate from their mission, make a little pit stop at Icarus one to see if anybody survived and to see if the payload is intact because uh, two last chances is better than one last chance is their logic. Uh, So they, uh, Trey comes up with a new course, but he makes a calculation error and it leads to some damage to their shield. The ship's autopilot takes over. Oh, I'm sorry, I skipped something. Uh, Kappa and Kaneda go to repair the shield, but the new angle to the sun creates a fire in their oxygen garden, and so the ship's autopilot starts to take over to readjust the shield because their oxygen is going to be depleted. Cassie and Harvey attempt to override Icarus, but Mace intervenes. He argues that the oxygen and the mission are more important than saving Kappa and Kaneda. 
Kaneda agrees. He instructs Kappa to go back to the airlock while he finishes repairing the last panel and dies in the process. Uh, so now the captain is dead. They're at the point where they can no longer communicate with Earth, just based on how far they are away. Uh, and they don't have enough oxygen to complete the mission, much less come back to Earth. Uh, so they have no choice but to continue trying to reach Icarus 1 to see if they have oxygen in addition to their payload. Once they reach Icarus 1, uh, Harvey, Mace, Searle, and Kappa explore. They discover that although the payload is intact, the ship cannot fly, and it seems the whole crew allow themselves to be burned to death by the sun in the ship's observation deck. Uh, then the ships Icarus 1 and 2 suddenly decouple from each other mysteriously, suddenly. Uh, there's a lot of damage to the airlocks, and in the process of trying to get back to the original uh, to Icarus 2, Harvey and Searle die. Uh, this does, however, bring them closer to resolving their lack of oxygen problem. After a tense debate, the remaining crew members decide that Trey should also die so they can complete the mission. Uh, however, Mace discovers that Trey has already killed himself, and basically the mission is back on track, as well as it can be. During a routine check on the crew's stats, Cap is informed by Icarus 2 that there are five crew on the ship, uh, which confuses him because he knows that only four surviving members are himself, Mace, Cassie, and Corazon. And that brings us to the very problematic third act that I actually don't really want to talk about. It basically, <laughs> no basically, kidding. If, if it comes a slasher movie. Then, then the movie yeah. ends. <laughs> yeah, then the movie ends. The end. And it's way better. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. Uh, so no, no, no. I'm yeah. so glad we're all on the same page as far as that goes. Because, dear God, I was... What the fuck? Before we start yelling about this, let's just finish it real quick. Yeah. yeah so, uh, so. so, basically, the ship was decoupled by Pinbacker who has kind of showed up earlier in the movie. He's the captain of the original Icarus that failed. We see him in, like, recordings of his logs. Uh, yeah, somehow he's alive. He's all burny and weird. Very blurry. Real blurry. Yeah. <laughs> he's got, like, no skin. And, yeah, he, like, I hate this. He has, like, superpowers somehow. He gets onto Icarus 2 and, like, kills everybody. Yep. It uh, yeah, and then and then uh, Killian Murphy blows up the bomb in the that's right in the sun and rides it into saves the, the day sun. yeah yeah rides it in the sun all the fucking um, uh, the Doctor, Doctor Strange love yeah yeah and oh. um, then there's like a weird like is that like a alternate timeline flashback like compression of like relativity thing that happens because like he goes into the sun on the bomb and then it like flashes to like this whole other like almost like second ending for the movie. <laughs> Where he's like having these conversations with people, and I was wondering if that was like no, that was his uh his message that, that he sent back home. Oh, that was oh okay. Yeah, that was, was his sister. Yeah, that he was like oh. reading some message he sent like a while ago at the like beginning, beginning of the, of the movie. movie. Oh, okay, because yeah, I was I was so no, where but you're kind of right because at the end there it does like time does freeze on him, and I think that's just like the like his last moments, you know, and it's just compounded into this like reflection and artsy thing that Danny Boyle's trying to get across and like save like his shitty quarter last quarter of this movie. Okay. I thought they were just trying to throw one more thing in there because at earlier in the movie he does say something about how when he's trying to determine the um, like percentage right. of su success for this bomb going right. in. Right, if the sun is a little like, brighter that day. He's like, well, he was like, you know, when it, no, when he's like talking about like the success rate for whether they should go and pick up the second payload and he's trying to do oh, all the calculations right. and he's like, well, when you get that close to the sun, it's like relativity right, and time doesn't matter and right. like it's all crazy. So I thought they were trying to like throw in like one more little like oh. twisty thing in there and right. at that point I was already just kind of like, what, what, what? No, we could have just no, ended yeah. this movie. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, this movie is excellent and until they introduce a uh, Bernie Blurry dude. Yeah. I, I was gonna. I'm glad we're all on the same page on this. I was expecting this to be an argument with Julie. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay. No. I, I really liked the first half of this movie, and then it just becomes Event Horizon for some reason. Right. Which like, is a great movie. Which is a great movie. Do you see? But it's like. It's Do like, you see? It has like that movie has time in and of itself to develop that as a premise for its movie, whereas this starts out more like. Um, Europa, Europa, Europa Report, Report. Yeah. yeah, and then like turns into a slasher movie in the last like forty five minutes. I know and it was, it was, it was a little jarring, and I was really upset with the tonal shift when that happened. I uh, honestly think like I really enjoy Alex Garland as a writer, but I think he cannot write an ending to save his life. So like I liked Ex Machina. Y'all seen that? Mm -hmm. oh, yes. Of course. Yeah. Uh, except the ending. I yeah. hate the end so much. The end um, is same with this movie. I think that he. 
28 days later. Is 28 days later. It's a, I, I like that ending, though, but I could see it does it does the same thing. Like, and suddenly it's a different movie. Alex Garland. But, yeah, just his endings, man. Just not good. It just didn't, and it really didn't, they really didn't need to introduce Bernie Blurry Dude. Because they had all these other elements that were involved. Yes. Like, uh, I mean, they had, like, the, the drawing of the straws element, you know, mm-hmm. where they had seven crew members and they needed four in order for their mission to complete, right? So, like, they could have elaborated on that and, mm-hmm. like, who's going to die? Who are they going to fucking kill? And how fucked up that situation is going to be. They're all friends. They've been on this thing for years together. And now they have to kill each other in order to fucking complete the mission? Now that's a movie. Yeah. No, yeah. let's right. introduce Bernie right. Zombie Dude and, like... God, uh, so well, and then, like, at the same time, yeah, because... Because especially when it gets to the point of, well, none of us are making it back at this point. Right. Like, so we at least need to figure out who's going to die first to make sure that we at least get there. Like, all of these would have been, yeah, amazing things to explore in the tone that the movie carries throughout the first half of it of this, like, somber, like, all of these, like, very highly analytical minds who are, you know, debating on, you know, like, like, they're, like, every day they, they're just debating on, like, you know, like, what is the risk outcome, the risk factor for this mission? And then all of a sudden, yeah, it just turns into this really weird, like, slasher thing where, no, it, we totally could have gone to the Icarus one had it been, like, oh, the captain went crazy and killed off the crew. And that could have been, like, a moment in and of itself. Right, a moment. And then, yeah, and then that moment passes. <laughs> well, they could have had, like, um, the, their, the ship's psychologist, what's his name, Sol or Searle. Like, he kind of was, like... Like, at the beginning, he's kind of talking about the very thing that drove the other captain mm-hmm. insane. Yeah. And so, like, I was hoping that, like, he was going to be the dude. Like, he was going to flip because of what he saw on the Icarus 1 and be like, oh, no, the sun is God. We should be killed by it. Blah, blah, blah. You know? And then, like, he's, like, trying to subvert everyone and then compound that with, like, the drawing of the straws problem and you have a better fucking movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I also don't understand why Icarus 2, the ship, didn't tell them Hey, P.S., there's an unknown crew member on the ship. It seems like such a highly sophisticated, right. like, ship. Yeah, to recognize the that AI. there are five right, people. AI. Well, to recognize that there are five people, and then when he asks, like, who the people on the ship are, it names them off and says one is unknown. So why wouldn't it, in the first place, Alert recognize yeah. that there was Especially, an unknown person like, entering right the ship? Right away, say, unknown presence right. on the ship. <laughs> <Yeah>. Especially <laughs> because of that part. There's the part where uh, Mace, played by Chris Evans, is trying to fix the damage that zombie fleshy guy did um oh no no it's when the fleshy guy is doing the damage that the Icarus is saying like you're not authorized to do this to the ship like identify yourself like why isn't that projected to everyone yeah oh, no. <laughs> and, and, and how they find out that there's a fifth person on board is like really annoying because the ai interrupts like uh what killian murphy is doing he's like oh hey by the way i see that you're all dying no, he asks. He's, he says, do a do a check, like a stat check oh, on all of us. Oh, okay, okay. But, like, it should be able to do that automatically. You're like, right. P.S., you're all dying. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's the thing, too, is, like, we've already seen the ship automate itself in order to preserve the mission with the oxygen garden being destroyed in the first place. So it's saying, okay, well, we don't have it. We're not going to have enough oxygen to complete the mission if we don't just redivert and go back to the mission, like, the trajectory that we were on. So why wouldn't it automatically say, oh, hey, we also don't. We still don't have enough oxygen right now. Right. There is an extra. There's five people on board and not enough oxygen to carry all of them to the destination point. Were you gonna say something, Colin? Uh, Craig pretty much already said oh. what I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. It, um, so this is some of the things that we didn't like about the movie. <laughs> we can talk about we, things we, we like. We can talk about things. Well, that no, we yeah, like. I there, really there did. There are some things that I really loved about this okay, movie. Yeah. This movie is beautiful. Um, oh, it's shot gorgeously. It, it is yeah. awesome. The CGI works great. Um, it's not overdone. But uh, the ship is really cool. I love the design of this yeah. spaceship. I yeah. think it's so cool. I love the whole solar shield. Right. I like the payload that they're delivering. And the ridiculous suits. I love the spacesuit, and I'm really glad that you dressed up in the full spacesuit, <laughs> Dennis. You. I know. Like, How yeah. much did all that gold cost it's you? It's expensive. Yeah. <laughs> is it hot in there? I have to live in it now. Well, <laughs> I don't have I a can, house. I can tell it's hot in there because you're wearing that headband that they show like three times <laughs> yeah, they're putting on. The gray, right, the gray just headband. Just to collect all the sweat from how hot it is. Yeah, in that I'm just in that spacesuit. drenched in sweat in here. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I'm, I'm glad it's a sealed environment and we're not having to, like, smell you because I bet you're... You don't want to smell me. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a terrible, terrible, cumbersome uh, life I live <laughs> now. 
Um, it's worth it, though. Worth it. it. I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you'll never get sunburned. No, but I would like to take less than five hours to stand up when I fall down. Mm-hmm. That'd be nice. <laughs> Um, but, uh, uh, Craig, um, I mean, just again, with your, your set costume design dressed up as the entire ship, um, just immaculate. I love the reflective shield you have, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I feel like we've, I'm sorry. I, I apologize to the earth as a whole. I did have to mine all of the <laughs> remaining or like from the planet in order to build the bomb for this because it is fully functional because oh wow because you, one don't, day, you don't mess around one day the sun is gonna burn out so I felt like I should at least just prepare mm-hmm. prepare for that now like we'll take care of the problem when it arrives but in 40 years so yeah whenever <laughs> that happens yeah like NASA hit me up I've got the solar bomb to reignite the sun so. I like your rotating calm towers that are just sparking intermittently oh thank you <laughs> And, uh, yeah, Colin, you're doing a great job here as a uh, Searle. Like, you are... Just peeling skin off your face. Oh, yeah. Skin. <laughs> I've got those sunglasses that I'm wearing, you know, all the time. <laughs> I'm obsessed with, like, looking at how much sunlight percentage I can look at without burning myself. It's a strange hobby. It is. <laughs> but, but you know, I, I'm nothing if not a hobbyist. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> This one, I gotta say, is a little bit painful. I'm not uh, enjoying it as much as my others, but I'm dedicated to this podcast, so I just wanted to have this costume be accurate. As always, we appreciate the dedication to the art. And Julia, just thank you for coming in this perfect Corazon costume. Uh, I'm the sun. (laughs) I came as the sun, you racist bastard. She's just so bright. We couldn't see. Like, so it was just, yeah, we're just guessing at this point with Julie because we can't look directly yes. at her. So, unfortunately, So she must yeah. have come as your only Asian <laughs> character. The only Asian woman in the movie. No, I'm, I'm the sun, It's y'all. okay. That's the same reason why I always dress up as set pieces because there's very rarely any black people in this movie yeah. to dress up as. Like, in, in any the background. of these <laughs> So I just get to be set pieces. And you get to be the sun. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Um, <laughs> I, I love Michelle Yao, by the way. Yeah, oh so much in this movie. Because any time she's in a movie, I'm just like, oh, this movie just got ten times better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's wonderful. Wonderful. She's just wonderful. Uh, oh. I like Chris Evans as aggro guy. Like he's out of control. His apology moment is. Yes, I laughed out loud. That was oh, the best. so great. I also so love that. It yeah. That was yeah. <laughs> My favorite moment with Michelle Yao was when uh, Chris Evans and. Uh, Kelly and Murphy are like fighting for like the third time in the movie and it's like after the oxygen garden has been like destroyed and yeah. they're all, like they're fighting and then like Corazon just like walks past them as they're like fucking fighting and then they're like finally like worn out and she's just like don't exert yourself oxygen is low yeah. like just yeah. like well, can't even be bothered like yeah. just like you guys just like fucking just pull them out already and measure like just shut the right. fuck up and Both get over her it and Rose Byrne just have the most delightfully dismissal like yeah. dismissive looks on their faces <laughs> in, in that moment but while we're talking about Michelle yo that brings us to James Bond connection uh, Michelle Yeoh is a Bond girl. She plays Wei Lin in Tomorrow Never Dies, the second outing by Mr. Pierce Brosnan. Mm. She's one of my favorite Bond girls. She's a badass she in that movie. She takes so much ass in that movie. Yeah. I know. Oh I, was like, I, was like, I was like, I know it's not going to happen, but if Michelle Yeoh just did some martial arts, I would not be upset in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I know it's not going to happen, but I would not be in any way upset if they found a way to shoehorn that in. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? They, they shoehorned a murderer in there. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, there was... So cool if, if she, she like wailed on him. The, yeah. yeah, yeah, she was really um, underserved in her death. Is that the right yeah, word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She just, yeah. She, yeah no, I, she did not get as nearly as. I mean, they tried to make it like symbolic and like you know, like the image of it afterwards, like where apparently he like posed her. Right. Oh, like, I don't know. Yeah. Can't see fucking shit when that guy is around. Well, no, everything no. is blurry as fuck. Well, no, so no, no, so he like just like stabs her in the back like a couple times. Yeah. But then apparently like takes the time to like pose her because after like they leave the death scene, like they come back and she's right. like sitting cross-legged with the plant like in her palms, like in like full lotus position. Oh yeah. And it was like I liked like the symbolism of that or whatever. I liked the image of it, but at the same time i was just like ah, at this point i'm just so upset with well, you movie he, that, at, that, <laughs> at that point um god damn it who's the director of uh um uh face off like uh oh uh, ridiculous uh, you know uh, tiger. yes i know also crouchy tiger hidden dragon right didn't he do that as well i don't um, think he did that's 
You're going to kill me. I know. Uh, he did the terrible <laughs> Ang Lee? Uh, Hulk. Ang Lee. Ang Lee. Yeah, Ang Lee. yeah. Oh, yeah. that moment, I was yeah, like, man, if Ang Lee did this movie. <laughs> he's not the same guy who This did, movie would be um, frustrating. <laughs> but yeah. I think he's saying if Ang Lee directed Face Off. Is that what you're saying? Ang Lee did direct he did? Face Off. No, he did not. He did not? We're, no. we're Googling this right now. Who directed Face Off? Because that movie is ridiculous. I think the pose thing with Corazon is kind of to make you understand that. John Woo. Oh, John Woo. That's who I was thinking of. Racist. 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 Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but to get back on. Because there's a lot of racism quotations in this episode. We um, apologize. I think the whole pose in Corazon is now you know that Pinbacker also posed everybody else on the old ship. Like yeah. they didn't all just die. Like he posed them all in that room. I think. Yeah, it's I a little, know. It's a little think, ambiguous, yeah. but that's what I think happened. Okay. That, all right. We still hate it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Don't worry, we still hate it. Um, I like the Earth Room. That's cool. cool. Yeah. But then also, like, why limit it to two hours? Like, why not do it for a couple more hours? You're in space. What are you going to do? Yeah, like, what what else are you going to do with your time? Like, (laughs) stress out about your shitty mission that you're on? Yeah. Get those Earth withdrawals, you know? I like the uh, Razor Scooters in space. Yeah. 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 That was random (laughs) and weird. But it's a cool way to get around the ship. Yeah. It's a long ship. Yeah, it's a a long ship. ship. Makes sense that they would have, like, a conveyance of some sort. That that does make sense. Uh, I like how ridiculous this plot is, but you just don't care. Yeah, don't care. It's just visually stunning. Yeah, the whole premise is just ridiculous and, like... Well, I mean, I like the original premise, like, and then, like, of course it jumps the shark, but, like, the, like, the original, I, I enjoyed that as, like, a sci-fi premise of, like, we have to go shoot a nuclear bomb into the sun to, like, reignite it. Like, I'm like, I'm like, sure. Yeah, but it's, it's sure you, that science to, it, it doesn't make any sense. Right, that's but, no, like, yeah. but this is science fiction. Yeah, you know? it's, it's but, but, I mean, this is more of the realm of science fiction of, like, you know, coming from the ramblings of a homeless man on the street. It's like, they gotta restart the sun, so I gotta mine all the fission out of the earth and then send a bomb there, and Chris Evans is there, too, you know? And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> we'll make this movie. Don't hurt me. Um... But I just, I just really liked how it. it uh, I just didn't care as as much as I normally would have because, like, as a sci-fi fan, I I, I pick apart this shit. You know? Right. And it's like, why the fuck would they be doing this? This is a terrible yeah, way. to Why fix is it this manned problem. in the first place? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a. They're just sending a bomb. Like, why yeah, does everything just, have just to be? It. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't care because it's awesome. You know, it's a really cool story. No, yeah, I definitely had that thought multiple times. Like, why are they sending people to do this? <laughs> like, I feel like they probably could get this done. Just just send Icarus send the bomb. really smart ship. Um. Also, <laughs> just like. In every sci-fi movie ever, if you're in space, just don't ever answer any distress call, like ever. Just yeah, don't do it. Yeah, just like just it. never answer Hard any pass. distress call. Hard it's pass. always gonna end badly for you. Like just <laughs> never, ever, ever do it. That's all I have to say about that. Just don't answer any distress calls. You're saying that just because we're on the heels of Alien. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's like I mean that's a pretty like that's a running thing it, throughout it is. like it is sci-fi space movies. It's like if there's just a, a distress call and. Like people go out to see it, some shit's gonna go down. Right. Like, it's yeah. not gonna be a net positive game. No, yeah. <laughs> There's never been like, oh, a distress call. Oh, we just found like a paradise island with like riches and like food galore. Like, no, it's always something horrible. And it's always like, it's always the ship that's like already limping, you know, yeah. to survive <laughs> yeah. that finds the distress beacon, and they're like, yeah, we can take care of that too. It's like, dude, you got like oxygen leaking, like not in this movie, but like other ones that I'm thinking of, like. I don't know. It's just, it, it cracks me up. But you're right. You're totally right. I will now, that's going to be another thing that's going to annoy me about sci-fi movies. Thank you, Craig. Um, I really, my favorite part, and also least favorite part, is when Kaneda dies. It's really mm. epic, though. Like, the yeah. soundtrack, yeah. that Adagio and D minor song that's used in every movie now. <laughs> <laughs> this is the original source of that song. It's yeah, That was a really, actually, a good scene, and... The, yeah, the gravity of it actually worked really well because we know these characters at this point. Like, we've seen what's at stake. We know that at this point, like, no one's really even coming back because they've already... Or no, was that... They, they no, so they, 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 they hadn't lost the oxygen yet. Yeah, that was like, while he was out yeah. um, on the board, uh, out on the ship. But at the same time, it was like, they still know. It's like back to your Oprah report in terms of understanding that our lives are nothing compared to the mission that we're trying to accomplish. Like in the, like in this case, even more so because the stakes are actually saving the earth as opposed to discovering life, which is like still a pretty phenomenal like goal and a pretty like crazy, like, right. Um, 
what's that word accomplishment for like yeah. you know humanity um but yeah this is like that that whole thing of like our lives versus the greater mission like between this and Europa report i felt came across really well oh yeah i agree i don't understand why they couldn't do both why couldn't they couldn't save canada and well like- so i know it was i think it was for this one it was the, what so there was the oxygen had started going off and then he still needed to close the he still needed to close the hatches and so they had to uh, close all the hatches because the ship was going automatically back into its uh, original trajectory. Right, it was turning toward the sun, but like the garden was already like on fire. Like they said it later, he's like the garden's already gone. Like, well, yeah, so... the garden was, but they still had to save they the still... panels that they, that he was trying so, to close. So, so what I'm saying is, why couldn't they override Icarus, let him finish closing panel, and come back onto the airlock? Garden's gone already. Because they they tried like uh, Cassie and Harvey over at the ship, and then Maze is like, no. Let's vent more oxygen. And like, let's not. Like, and then he's like, back me up, Canadian. He's like, you're right. Like, we sh- we're going to die. You're right. You should kill me. Yeah. <laughs> I-, I need to be a martyr now. Uh, no, and, and to double down, um, <laughs> uh, Chris Evans' idea of, like, stopping the fire and, like, saving the oxygen is to vent more oxygen. Is to, like, or is it overflow to- it with oxygen right. so that it burns out. Yeah. Which is like, which, but you need the oxygen. But no, it makes sense. I think sense he was because... maybe just trying to save the rest of the Well, no, ship? yeah, that makes sense because it's like, yeah, like, that is a thing like you like fucking fight fire with fire essentially no i know but like i feel do, like do you know firefighters in your life I, well, <laughs> <laughs> I, it just seemed like a a strange solution you know it's just so like because it's their oxygen supply like I, I i'd figure that they would like seal it off and then just let it like burn itself out you know without like supplying even more but oxygen that was the thing the was burn. they couldn't contain it like they so they had to just like fucking make it blow out yeah, so she, that she way was saying the ship was gonna like, get damaged ship design. <laughs> have a firewall jesus but i like that as they a did mo- have a firewall uh, <laughs> <laughs> i like that as a story element though that like it, when we're starting out we have more oxygen than we need we have like enough oxygen to get there and like half the way back already. oh yeah right, and then like suddenly like all our oxygen is gone. gone our oxygen farm has been destroyed this whole like it's a really cool heightening oh yeah i agree it, um this movie does a really good job with the callbacks like uh, uh evans like drops that tool in the freeze in the coolant yeah. you know and then like that's what kills him at the end right. yeah. it's like he's like swimming in the shit you know yeah he also tells trey don't kill, kill yourself man like, oh. <laughs> oh really yeah he does wow. oh wow Mace is an asshole. <laughs> yeah, he's he's so lovable. Yeah, I guess. Is he? He's got them dreamy blue eyes. I love how different Chris Evans looks with long hair mm-hmm. as opposed to short hair. It's like, who is that guy? Like, I, he looks familiar. Then he looks like Killian his... Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> but that was the same in uh, the movie that shall not be spoken of. Iceman. Yeah. Yeah. What are you talking about? You just spoke of it, goddammit. It's my favorite movie ever. Uh, but yeah, like in the same thing of like, oh, like, that took me like a minute to realize that, oh, that's Chris Evans. Oh, okay. He also had like glasses too, but yeah, the long hair definitely didn't help. No. Nope. Um, but yeah. Oh, one last thing in my notes that I'd like to uh, kind of bitch about this movie. I feel like we bitched more than we liked about this movie. I, I, I legit love this movie. Right. Oh, I, yeah. think, I think what we're saying is despite all the things we hate about it, we still love this movie. Yeah, I'd recommend watching it for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I would recommend watching it, but as soon as the blurry guy shows up, you can kind of fast forward yeah, to the just, end. <laughs> yeah. Just start IMDb-ing other movies like I did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that, oh my God, that was, I, I just, I can't get over just how jarring that was. Like that transition between that was just, what movie am I in now? I don't like, know. It was, no. it was like, it was stark. so, it was doing so, so well. I know. And it was so stark that it felt like another director took over the project. Yeah. You know? Like, it was just so like... Hey, All of a sudden, like, Rob this? Zombie's sunshine. Yeah. Like. <laughs> and, like, the, the whole, like, style of the movie changed. Like, the like I can't get over the blurriness, you know? Yeah. And, and this will go into the thing that I wanted to talk about is the aspect ratio shift, which is something that I've noticed is popular amongst uh, English filmmakers is this, like... Like I see it in a, I've seen it in Sherlock Holmes a lot, where they'll like stretch, like they'll stretch the aspect ratio of like the screen to, to like enhance something, or it'll get like super widescreen for no reason, and then like snap back, and it's just like, why are you doing this? <laughs> like you're just making me feel drunk, and that's just unnecessary for this scene right now. And I find that like very, um, it's very English to me. It's very, very English. <laughs> Is it only because you notice this particularly from English filmmakers? 
or is it just a thing that feels over overtly British to you? I think it's both. I think uh, the former begats the latter. That like I've noticed it with English filmmakers, and now I just attribute it to English filmmaking. Um, pay attention to it, guys. I'm sure. <laughs> she I'm said not the only one Sherlock. What else? Um, another episode of Sherlock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah. 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 You know. <laughs> Um, I think all Guy, British. I think all Guy British. Ritchie actually does it in uh, Lockstock. Um, Guy, Guy Ritchie does a lot of things. Uh, yeah. He was good <laughs> once, guys. He was good once. I'm, should... not, I'm not denying that. Yeah. I mean, he... Lockstock is legit. That's no, a like great movie. He, he got is to it? this point yeah. for a reason. It's really good. He got to this point for a reason. Like you know, just like you know, like the George Lucases and the James Camerons of the world. Right. Of like yeah, like you you started out with like all these really really great things, and then it's like you either like tried to rehash the same thing too many times or you like decided to take something that you did like back in the day and, or like, you marry Madonna yeah, oh, well and I lose mean, your mind I mean it's just a theory I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, as much as I love Madonna's music for the most part like yeah sometimes I like see her in things I'm like what are you doing girl like, <laughs> yeah. um but yeah let's talk about cruise because I mean, we've had a lot of crew heavy things in the in the sci fi uh, episode. Oh. I, I feel like I want to talk about like some crew stuff here, like yeah, yeah. just like the di- kind of different like dynamics between crews, where um, you know, like in this one where we have like a crew of scientists versus alien, where we have like a crew of like space truckers um, versus what what are sorry I'm forgetting Europa report yeah yeah like Europa report which is like which still is more, more science but like yeah. I don't know like like what do you guys think in terms of like crew dynamics like you know like in uh, alien we had like the guy who wanted to shares you know you know shares i don't know if you guys know much about shares but i'm, I'm craig craig but um <laughs> I, I i don't have any money to share to you like i can give you some couch change if we, that'll work but we, we make no money from this podcast so equal shares of zero dollars is still okay. zero okay I'll, I'll let it go i'll let it go but but just overall, overall, let's just, let's, I don't know, like, um, I, I really like, like, the differences between, you know, how we have, um, just, I, I always love, like, these, like, ensemble pieces. Like, I agree, We yeah. have, like, these, like, movies, like, you know, um, we just did Guardians, that's, yep. like, a really good ensemble cast, too, and I really love the these moments where it's, like, there's not always, like, just, like, one person that's just like the star of the movie or like one person who I, I, I very much enjoy that in sci-fi because mm-hmm. a lot of times it has to come down to that because in these movies you're dealing with, uh, you know, usually a giant spaceship where you need multiple people running right. it. And um, even if there's like, you know, like kind of Star Trek style where there's like a main crew and then like a bunch of uh, um, like tertiary people there's like um, senior officers and then like regular crew members yeah right but I, I don't know i always feel like it's it, it works really well like when there's people to play off of and when those things are really well done like i feel like they were well done in this movie they were well done in alien like in all the movies that we watched so far yeah, i agree like i feel like the the crew aspect of it like really helps to enhance the the type of movie that we're watching and and helps to like solidify those relationships and build those characters right like if uh, if fifth element was weaker it would be even more noticeable because of that uh difference like like i, I think like like i think these sci-fi movies are strong in these ensemble casts and that's why i'm attracted to them especially these like a uh, space uh travel exploring you know movies where it's like you have all these specialists you know you have like the biologist you have the physicist you have the psychologist you have all these different like really really smart people but they don't know dick about each other's shit you know and so they all have like strengths throughout the story that play in you know a lot of movies fuck that up but this framework is there and that's what really attracts me to it and i think um yeah yeah you're right that's a really good thing that um that's a good point to reflect upon i like (laughs) i like a europa report i think is probably well i don't know alien shines because it's just like so sci-fi i mean we don't have lived in space now we don't have space truckers you know, but Alien does, and they make it so real. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, yeah. Like, I could totally see my uncle being a space trucker, you know? <laughs> I don't know. What do you think, Julie? About space truckers or sure. crews? <laughs> I like this crew. Um, it's it always uh, it's, it's really dynamic. Like, Chris Evans is pretty uh, anti-Killian Murphy for most of the movie, but then when it comes down to, like, 
them being stuck on Icarus 1 and, like, how are we going to get back to Icarus 2? Like, clearly, Killian Murphy is the most important of us because he's the only one who can detonate the bomb. Right. Um, I like that there's, like, that kind of banter between the male and female crew members. Like, when uh, Corazon is remarking on this, the sound that the ship is making, it's like, and she's like, whoa. And they're like, it's just it's just the metal plates reacting to the heat. They're just contracting. And she's like, yeah, I know what it is. Yeah, right. Thanks for mansplaining <laughs> yeah. that to yeah. me. I know what it is. Because I'm not still, a scientist or anything. It still sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah. I also yeah. like how in this one and Europa Report and Alien, there's no like forced like romance, lo- romance yes. into it. Yeah. It's like no, they're yeah. just men and women working together in space. That is so good and refreshing. There's, there's kind of a little to... one with Killian Murphy and what's her nuts? Cassie. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I think, that one scene that's I think they weird. cut it. They, cu- like, they must have cut it. They're like, no. Because it's like, why was she in his bedroom? I actually wrote that down. I was like, why is she in his quarters? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think maybe she's interested in him, and he's just like, mm, I'm in love with science. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing too is like, um, <laughs> like these kind of crews versus like a crew in Guardians of the Galaxy, where again we kind of go into the different levels of like space travel that these movies portray. Whereas like Europa Report and uh, Sunshine kind of fall into early space exploration um they're they're kind of going like as far as like humans have gone within our galaxy at this point um aliens goes a little bit further in in terms of like where it's like oh well now we're at commercialization of space travel um and then like fifth element and guardians of the galaxy although fifth element isn't really a crew-based movie but um like guardians of the galaxy and fifth element in terms of space travel it's like regular like everyday occurrence mm-hmm. like this right. is just the life that we live it's like so, futurama yeah I mean, there's so, aliens everywhere and and, yeah yeah so it's like the like where it's like where these are like more based on like them being a crew like guardians of the galaxy gets to be more of like a family like they get to be more of like don't necessarily have to worry about the space travel aspect of of the what they're doing as opposed to just like what it is like how they interact with each other which is how like i feel like like the love interest in in the new guardians of the galaxy where it's a little bit different and it's not forced because we've had an entire movie where these characters have been interacting. It was never really like, it was never really just like, Oh, one moment, all of a sudden Gamora is in love with Peter Quill. Right. It's like over time, they've kind of like developed this banter. They've kind of like hated slash loved each other slash like gone through a bunch of really like crazy shit together. So now they've developed like these feelings and this like unspoken thing that, you know, they, that keep referring back to in the movie and um and yeah i i feel like the, those different like iterations of crews is really cool too seeing like how not only the crews interacting with each other is uh is explored but how the the missions that they're on in like the times of space travel and the level of development of space travel also factors into how those relationships can develop in terms of like we're not just focused on getting to the sun or getting to Jupiter. Like, well, we're like, we, we float around in space all the time. So like, let's just sit down and chat and like, have Bone. A, yeah. And like, like, well, yeah, let's just sit down and chat. And like, I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, like if like an alien, like, you know, like somebody was like, you know, like, if they were like people that were like, you know, boning and yeah, like, alien somehow Lambert is just getting down with Parker or something. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, and that's something that like they didn't necessarily need to explore, but like, I wouldn't be surprised if it was just like, Oh yeah. Like they're not like in a relationship, but it's like, you're up in space. Like you've been here for years. Like, oh, yeah. you're probably, you know, somebody's probably boning somebody. I'm sure. It's yes. just like working in a restaurant right. or like, you know, yeah. like, yeah. We're, if they didn't we're, have we're, the alien problem and they were awake on that ship, sure as shit people were boning. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but like alien, you know, kind of ruins the romance. Well, I don't say they asshole. ruin it. <laughs> I wouldn't say they ruin it. I you don't think the, ru- the, the alien ruins the romance? I don't know. A, I mean. A sweaty have you saliva seen, have you, alien. Have you seen those lips? Like just. <laughs> So many lips. So many, so many, and so I mean, many like, teeth. the vagina face huggers? Like, mm. come it on. literally burst out of someone's chest. Yeah. That's very symbolic. Uh, you want to fall in love? God. Yeah. <laughs> mm, that was gross, but I'd fuck it. <laughs> I mean, seriously, though, like, what's the deal with, like, vagina-looking aliens in the alien movies? That's kind of weird, too. Um, uh, I have an answer for that. It's H.R. Giger. Yeah. Oh, is he, is he oh. Is very vaginal? No, he's just a weirdo. No, he's just... <laughs> Very weird and very, very Swiss. Because even yeah. in Prometheus, like, there's, like, a weird, like... Right, but again, H.R. Giger. Like, mm-hmm. his his whole, like, art style is, like, it's, like, biomechanical type of shit. So that's, like, the like the whole thing is, like... I don't know why we're talking about aliens so much in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but, like, it's, like, like, it's part machine, part biology. And so there's a lot of... There's going to be, like, orifices involved. You know, there's going to be... <laughs> yeah. There's going to be sphincters, you know? Yeah. Orifices. No, like, <laughs> just... 
go online and look up like the artwork of H.R. Giger. Look up his paintings and stuff, and it, it's very similar to the stuff in mm. the movies. You've seen him. You've seen him. But, but yeah. I have uh, a couple it's of questions. It's very vaginal. Oh, yeah. Um, is, go ahead, Colin. So, 80% of... Dust is human skin. Is false. that true? I, believe yeah. that is, I think that's false. It's like one of those things that everybody believes, like urine is sterile. It is not. Yeah. So. Well, there's yeah. like, like, no, there is point. dead. Yeah, there are dead, like, skin cells yeah, in dust. There but, are dead skin cells in dust, but I, I would have a hard time believing it's 80%. I feel like dust. that's a myth. And also, like, if that was the case, and if that's what they were arguing in this movie, there's no way that the ship would be that dusty with just, like, the six people that were, like, even if it was just those six people that were burned, it was, like, half an inch of like caked on dust across the entire ship on the and they just Icarus kept putting one. their fingers in it yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, like, I mean, it was probably just like the, the crew is just probably a bunch of gingers who just like burned like all the time on their mission and so it's just like that's where you got all the dust okay hold on I'm, so I'm, you I'm get some in your crew I'm asking oh, okay. Dr. Google <laughs> Dude, we're gonna get uh, some facts so it's not true that it's like 70 to 80 percent of dust is human skin no it's uh mostly Animal dander, sand, insect waste, and just dirt. Yeah. Plain old dirt. Which seems, makes sense. Seems like it makes more sense. Because yep. there's a lot more dirt in the world than there is human skin. So uh, yeah. <laughs> I would think that there'd be so, a little bit more of that brushing up. Okay, what other Here's questions my other have you question. got? Why couldn't they deliver their payload and then investigate Icarus 1? Because even if there is a second payload on oh, Icarus 1, yeah, no, yeah. they can deliver their payload, pick up the oh, second I know, payload I know. if it... First payload doesn't work. I Let's know why. Because they only had four minutes to get away before it goes. Bah! Yeah, but then they do that, but, and then they get away back to Mercury. Isn't Icarus 1 on Mercury? Yeah. Icarus 1 crashed on Mercury? No, 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 no. It's, no, no. it's, it's floating. Orbiting. It's, in, it's, it's in space. Oh. It's orbiting the sun. Right. They just found out about it when it passed by Mercury because Mercury acted like a giant satellite for them in order to pick up that signal. I missed that entirely. Yeah. Oh. I thought the Icarus 1 was on Mercury. But no. no. Oh, okay. I, I guess. I guess. Okay. My question, <laughs> is, my question is, when, during the slasher movie, Sunshine 2... Um, <laughs> when uh, Killian Murphy the goes on, he goes onto the payload. Cassie's already there, and she's just like sitting there. What is she doing? Why is she just sitting there? Is she alive? Was, is she dead? At, at that point, I was so aggravated with the movie that I stopped caring. But I oh, had yeah, the same why thing. Was she I was the like, bomb? What was she? She, she went doing? there. She ran there when uh, Pinbacker was chasing her. She ran right. there. But I think she was like, she was like beckoning to have him follow her yeah that's true i think she just wanted to like lure him there and maybe lock him in there i don't know and none of it panned out yeah. so it, it was... just yeah. and well also that whole part of the movie is so hard to follow because anytime he's it's, on blurry. It's, so blurry. <laughs> it's so blurry more yelling no it's I think like that's gonna sound great though because you keep backing away yes. from the microphone we, so far because you know it. you're gonna be yeah. yelling like that it just makes me so angry no yeah i uh Dear God. <laughs> but again, the first half of this movie is pretty great. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. The first half of this movie is, is awesome. It's, it's just the, the second half. It's fucking solid. It's great. Yeah. But um, we are making some long episodes lately, so I'm going to have to wrap this up. Um, yes. Big recommendation. Sunshine. Thank you, Julie. You're welcome. It's such a, such a sweetheart being here. <laughs> um, oh, I'd like to take this moment um, that uh, you might hear more of Julie. She might be a more regular occurrence on our little podcast here. Yeah, so um, expect to hear more of this terrible person. Um, <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> the goddamn worst. All right, well, uh, I guess now we move on to uh, corrections and um, emissions. Nocturnal emissions. Emissions. <laughs> omissions. Uh, corrections and omissions from the last movie and back, which would be Guardians of the Galaxy and previous. So anything that you got. Uh, I don't really have anything from Guardians of the Galaxy. I just feel like... Um, just love that movie. Yeah. It's great. I mean, I'm perfect, so I would never have a correction. Ah. So that's all I have to say yeah, about that. I, I don't have anything except for it's it's so good. It's, Everybody, it's, go see Guardians yeah, Volume 2. It's very good. It's amazing. And if you haven't seen the first one, watch that one first. Um, all right. Well, on to uh, recommendations. Um, I got a sweet one. Uh, it's another video game recommendation because I'm a giant dork. Um, I'm a giant pale dork, and I don't leave my room. So I just have nothing but video game recommendations, and my next one is Bioshock Infinite. Um, Where'd you get that game? Oh, I don't know. Some someone <laughs> gave it to me. I, I wow, found that, it. I they found must it. be so cool and smart and pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I found it in Julie's car, and I was like, "Can I have this?" <laughs> pretty much. I'm pretty sure I said you can have that. You yeah. didn't ask. You were just like, "Oh, 
No, I think it was like, is this my birthday present? Oh, no, it's a fantastic <laughs> game. It's, it's so good. It's so fun. Oh, I'm like, it is now. <laughs> yeah. I'm like an hour into Also, it. Julie, yeah. between this and the girl with all the gifts, how are we not already best friends? Like, I don't understand this. Because you hate women <laughs> and Asian people. No, <laughs> no, I don't fuck women, but I love women. <laughs> it's, it, but you do hate Asian people, as, we, as we've established. No, I also, uh, no, that was these two. <laughs> you're right. That you're was right. the two whiteies. Fuck these guys. That was the two whiteies. <laughs> That was the bald guy and the Irishman. I'm not racist, just ignorant. I'm the one who has to be relegated to set pieces every episode. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right. Quiet set piece. (laughs) And my goddamn shares. (laughs) Uh, I'm glad you're enjoying it. goddamn share. How How far into it are you? Uh, What? How far into Bioshock <laughs> like, 3? Oh, like, shit just hit the fan for Bioshock Infinite? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah shit just hit the fan. Like, um, it was crazy. Like, it got super racist, and then, like, Ooh, yeah. yeah, and then I was like, whoa! And then I was like, oh, fuck, I gotta, like, watch a movie, and so I had to turn it off. Um, that was actually, like, yeah, one of the first games I've actually, like, first new games that I've, like, finished in a long time. Really? Because I play a lot of, like, open-world stuff right now, you know, I'm, like, still in the middle of, like, um... Witcher 3, like, I'm still in the middle of, like, Skyrim. I still I still haven't, like, even completed the main storyline in Skyrim. I'm just like, ah, oh, fuck it. I'll just go around and... Don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah. You really don't have to. Um, it's... And now Ocarina. Oh, oh yeah. Hey, 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 Ocarina. Hey, hey, hey Ocarina. <laughs> yeah. I'm in the similar space in Breath of the Wild. I'm just, like, there's so much I still have to do before I fight Ganon. I know. <laughs> I'm such a, like, ADD, just like, ah, what's over here? Shiny, ooh. Oh, you want me to get this uh, bread for your, like, this ingredient so you can make some bread? All right, let's do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> XP. <laughs> well, what recommendation do you have, Craig? Um, Let's see. I will recommend Black Ass. I have started reading this book. Um, it is by Egoni Barrett. And it is a book about a Nigerian man who wakes up one day to find out that he is a very white, very ginger man. Uh, it uh, very much calls to mind uh, Franz Kafka's Metamorphosis. Um, and it is a fantastic uh, take on that so far. I've, I'm about, I think I'm like maybe like 100 pages into it so far. Um, and I'm quite enjoying it. Black cool. Ass, Igoni cool. Barrett. Right on. Colin? Uh, my recommendation uh, this week is a podcast. It is the Andy Daly Pilot Podcast Project. Ooh. Uh, if you're a fan of Andy Daly and his appearances on Comedy Bang Bang, uh, just imagine Andy Daly's various characters doing pilot pro- uh, pilots for podcasts. And these are like collected by Andy Daly and uh, Matt Gorley and presented to you for your listening pleasure. It's very funny. I get a lot of pleasure out of listening. <laughs> We know. <laughs> we have to hear it. <laughs> Julie, how about you? What you got? I've been listening to a podcast recommended by my friend Cameron. It's called More Perfect. It's a Radio Lab spinoff, and it's about Supreme Court decisions, and it's really uh, fascinating. It doesn't sound like it would be, but it is. I've been reading a book of essays called Bad Feminist by Roxanne Gay. It's great. It's full of like little like sticky notes that I put in it. Like, oh, that's great. I've got a sticky note in it. It's just like all sticky notes, basically. Huh. Um, and I also am going to reread It's Kind of a Funny Story by Ned Vizzini. It's a young adult book about um, like a boy who is thinking about committing suicide. So he goes, he decides to commit himself instead to a mental institution. Um, it's really good and helps you understand like what people are going through when they're depressed. If you haven't experienced it yourself and if you have experienced it, it's very relatable. Uh, yeah, get help if you need help. Yes do uh the infrastructure in this country sucks for mental health so man yeah there are options out there though um there are a lot of help anyways yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh we we are not we are not uh strangers to mental health issues right. here on uh, i want you to watch this um this is actually kind of part of my therapy is doing this project yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. but anyways um well, that kind of wraps up our recommendations. Uh, I just have some shout-outs that I like to do every week. Uh, as always, check out uh, my good friend Mirror Fears Music uh, at bandcamp.mirrorfears.com where you can download and enjoy some of her excellent oral projects. Um, as well as uh, if you like do-it-yourself movie review podcasts such as this one that you're listening to right now, 
which is known as I Want You to Watch This. You can find others in the network um, Movie Pod Squad. You can follow them on hashtag Movie Pod Squad or uh, on Twitter or their handle is at Movie Pod Squad. It's, um, it's like 10, 10 DIY movie podcasts. Um, yeah, they're pretty good. Um, anyone else got any shout outs? Anyone that you'd like to pimp out in a pimping way? Uh, the movie podcast, uh, not necessarily movie podcast, but the podcast, uh, quote unquote guilty about guilty pleasures or, uh, on Twitter at guilty. All right. Um, cool. Well, you can follow this show on Twitter at I W Y T W T. Uh, I try to enunciate that because I tend to run over those words or letters. You just keep John Malkoviching that Twitter. I, I will till the day I die. Um, you can uh, also find follow or yeah, you can find all of our uh, episodes on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com forward slash I W Y T W T. Great enunciation. <laughs> Quit laughing at me, Julie. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you can join us for some movie talk on Facebook at facebook.com I W Y T W T. Is there uh, a slash there? No. <laughs> I mean, there is, but no. <laughs> Not for you. Uh, <laughs> um, you can follow me on Twitter at the Debucks. I am at Catharticus. I am at Cullen Munch. Uh, I think I'm at ms.juliefan, P-H-A-N, but I never tweet, so. Everyone message her now. <laughs> Just blow her shit Get up. Get those DMs Get out. those DMs, man. Just direct messages. <laughs> Slide into them DMs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps up our part four of our sci-fi mega block. I'm just calling it Mega Block now. Episode 25, Quarter Quell. Yeah. Yes. yeah. With our first return guest, uh, Super Quarter Quell going on right here. <laughs> the return of Julie Cage. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and you can join us next week uh, for the last uh, of our um, sci-fi block, which would be Man from Earth. With our other guest, um, Matt. My brother's coming on. <laughs> <laughs> Matt much? Matt much. Matt much. Uh, cool. Well, thanks for listening and uh, join us next week. Bye.